Thank you for joining us today on the Annex Podcast, hosted and presented by the Building Christian Fellowship. At the building, we build our faith, hope, and love in Jesus by having a real, relevant relationship with Him. And what better way for us to get closer to God than to learn more about Him through His Word? We pray you enjoy this message. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Some of us right now, I mean, this has been the first 21, 22, 22 days of, of the year and we're trying to figure out what's been going on. Why has the attack been so heavy and so hard over these 21 days? It's, it's, it's 2022. I mean, can things get any worse? But you got to understand something. Just because it starts off one way doesn't mean that you can't finish another way. The battle is the Lord's. And some of you guys don't realize there are some things that God is removing out of your life during this time. Things that you don't need. Things that you thought you need. But he's removing it out of your life. He he says, behold, I knew, I knew, I do a new thing. Will you not know it? Will you not see it? There's some new things that are happening in your life right now. God wants you to let go of those old things. Because he wants to do a new thing in us. Praise God. This is what happens when a church has one mind, being on one accord, in praying, in fasting. The presence of God becomes so thick and so sweet. This is an atmosphere conducive for healing, for to be delivered, to be set free. And that atmosphere isn't the atmosphere that we're trying to get inside of the building here at the building, but we are the church. And that atmosphere we are to carry with us. Because listen, I'm I'm telling you right now, I really truly believe that yes, in the church, there is a prayer call, there's prayer time, there's laying on of hands, healing the sick, delivering people's uh, lives change here at the altar but guess what today there's going to be two football games that everybody's going to we need to change our perspective about gathering places i'm not at i'm not at somebody's house just to watch the game i'm here to be the hand of god to use discernment by the spirit because while everybody's sitting down celebrating you're hearing in your spirit that person right there has been contemplating suicide there's somebody right here that's dealing with an unclean spirit in their life spiritual oppression and depression and you're hearing God because you've been praying and you've been fasting and you're hearing with clarity what thus says the Lord And right there in front of everybody, listen, the laying on of hands and healing and setting people deliver, delivering and the, setting them free isn't the fact that for you, that people are like, man, that guy's a man of God. No, you know what it is? 
is to bring glory to God's name. You lay hands on that person, everybody around sees, and they're like, man, what just happened? They're like, you got, you got healing. You got the healing gift. I don't have the healing gift. I have the healer inside me. And his name is Jesus Christ. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be an elder. You don't have to be a bishop. You don't have to be whatever. Just be a child of God. Because God gave us all the gift of the Spirit of God. We just need to be obedient. I'm sick of playing church as usual. I don't even know where I'm going to start at with my notes. But I know for a fact this word that the Lord has given me through this before the fast and during this fast, I heard the Lord clearly say, and I'll say, this is what he said to me. He said, concerning his church, he says, what he was doing in me and what he was going to do for his church. Now, there's a dichotomy here. Is a paradigm. Is that, is that, there's a paradigm. There's a paradigm shift. There's a dichotomy here that this is it, that God is going to do something in me and something to the church. God wants me to change some things in my life. Me. You guys know, like a lot of us right now got problems with our spouses and our friends. And our problems that we have with them is their problem because my problem I have with them is them. Well, right now it's about me. We need to get out of our selfish ways. We need to get out of our own way. God started to show me stuff about me. Then he started to show me some things about, about his church. And one of the things he said to me was in Isaiah 56 and 7. He says, the burnt offerings and their sacrifices will be accepted on my altar. For my house shall be called a house of prayer for all nations. Now, I'm sorry because I know a lot of pastors during this time are going to sit down and cast a vision of, you know, this is the year of 2022. This is the year for the two. a double portion double no no the lord is saying this that your burnt offerings and sacrifices will be accepted maybe i maybe i have to explain it a little bit there's some things that you need to give to the give to god at his altar and he says he'll accept them at his altar there's a lot of things that you're giving out and you're putting in certain places, and you're trying to give God at, at your own location, in your own place, but God says, no, it's at my altar. Will I receive your sacrifice? Present your bodies. Present yourself. A living sacrifice unto God, holy and acceptable, which is your reasonable service. He says, I want it done on my altar. And then he says this, for my house shall be called the house of prosperity. For he's called my house the house of blessings. He called my house a place for us to meet and for community. No, he said, my house, this is God's house. When you guys come to my house, you know what I say? Whatever goes in my house is up to me. It's my house. Amen? I'm not going to go to your house and start re rearranging the furniture, changing the rules. You wouldn't let me in your house to do what I want to do. Right? I got to follow the rules of the owner of the house. 
And he said, guess what? When you come to my house, I want my house, God's house, to be known as a house of prayer. You are the church. Individually. Corporately, we're the church. But individually, God wants us individually to be known as the church and people of prayer. Maybe this ain't like an exciting message. There are some powerful things that happen when people pray. We've seen it to this morning. We've been seeing it for the last 21 days. When people decide to get together and pray, things change. The course of the ministry has changed. The course of our nation has changed because people had come up against a pandemic and and Christians decided, I'm not going to just sit back and take it. I'm going to get on my knees and I'm going to pray until something happens. But there's power in prayer. And when you pray, it's good. But when you pray and you fast, you're going to get power. Somebody say power. power. Yes, power. Luke chapter 10 and 19 says this. Behold, I give unto you power. to tread on serpents and scorpions and all are over all the power of the enemy and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Jesus said that. I'm giving you power. But when we add fasting and praying, you will get clarity and instruction. The problem with us praying sometimes, we do too much talking and not enough listening. God specifically designed the human body to do more hearing than talking. How do I know? Because most people have two ears and one mouth. So when we're talking to God, we're sitting down and we're talking with him. And as we talk to God and we're we're saying what we want, and usually that's what happens with us when we pray. Can I be honest? God, can you do this for me? God, can you do that for me? God, can you do this? It's kind of like a spoiled brat baby. When we talk to the Lord, it's about, uh, Lord, uh, I've been a pretty good servant. I know I'm not doing well, but... You know, can you watch after me? Can you get me this job? Can you get me this car? Can you get me this house? Can you get me this boyfriend? Can you get me this girlfriend? Can you get me a wife? Can you get me a husband? Gimme, 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 gimme. Thank you. Amen. And then you go on about your day. But what did you hear the Lord say? Why are we doing more talking than listening? Matter of fact, the ratio should be two to one. You should be listening listening twice as much as you're speaking. But when you pray and fast, you will begin to shut your mouth and listen to what the Lord says. So today we're going we're gonna to start this lesson off, and I want you to turn to Matthew chapter 9 and 15. And as I said earlier, God is... He's given me instruction. He's given me instruction about his house. And that instruction is, we said, I think a couple weeks ago, when the Lord said he, he, was, he chastised me about turning the stage or his altar into a stage. And he says, you have allowed the fire of the altars to burn out. And I had to repent. As the pastor, I had to repent. I said, no longer, Lord, forgive me. Lord, And the Lord's gracious. He has so much mercy. And after, after he chastises you, he's like, okay, 
Now, don't just say sorry. Do something about it, John. I said, all right, I'm going to do something about it. I'm going to pray. I'm going to apologize to the people because I'm the one that led them the wrong way. And I'm going to make sure that from now on, this altar will be the altar and the fire of the altar shall never go out on this altar here at the Building Christian Fellowship. And in turn, listen, and in turn, if we do it here, the fires of the altars here in our hearts will never go out. When we grow individually, we can grow corporately. Matthew 9 and 15. And Jesus said to them, can the friends of the bridegroom mourn as long as the bridegroom is with them? But the days will come when the bridegroom will be taken away from them and they will fast. They will fast. Not they might fast or they should fast, but they will fast. Jesus knew there would come a time that he could not be with us physically. Now, even during that time with his disciples, he told his disciples, I'm not going to always be here. He said perilous times would come when supernatural strength would be needed. And he says, in those days, we are going to fast. Church, I'm telling you right now, we are living in such days. The bridegroom is absent and our needs of spiritual power are so very great. Jesus intends for us to seek after him with great, great prayer and fasting. I want to talk to you about the subject of fasting. I believe that there is great power in prayer and fasting, especially the principle of prayer and fasting. But so many people, so many people say, or so many people do this, fasting's really not for me. They ignore it. Some people misunderstand that fast, what fasting is all about and what it's required for a true Christian fasting. In order to see power of prayer and fasting, we need to turn to another set of passages. And that's in Matthew chapter 17. Many of us as, as, as Christians, and, and I don't want anybody, I don't want to point fingers at anybody, but we were so... <laughs> We were so focused on what we weren't eating and what we couldn't eat during 21 days that we lost sight of what we were supposed to be doing. We, we were so busy looking for the end that we never, got, we never accomplished what God wanted us to accomplish during that whole time. Can you imagine if we just set our minds upon the Lord during that whole time? Because if once we get into the practice of fasting, it's not so uh, burdensome. Can we be honest? Matthew 17, 20, 21. Jesus answered, because your faith is too small, I tell you the truth. You know Jesus didn't lie, right? Okay. He says, I tell you the truth, if your faith is as big as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. All things will be possible for you. That kind of spirit comes out only if you use prayer and fasting. Hold on to that scripture. Now, I'm going to give you some background. Jesus returns from the Mount of Transfiguration with his, his uh, homies, Peter, James, and John. And upon their return, they are met with the other disciples. And there's a bunch of crowd, a bunch of people around them. And they were, the ones that used to, they were following Jesus. But at this time, they're following all the other disciples. And we see uh, the, the disciples that are there. They were doing miracles. They were casting out demons and uh, at the first thing that we see waiting for the, the, the people and the other apostles is this. Number one, this is what we see, an unmet need. When Jesus came back 
from the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John, and they came down. They were met with an unmet need. Matthew chapter 17, starting at 15, he says, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is a lunatic and sore vexed. And oftentimes he falls into the fire and often into the water. And I brought him to, the, to your disciples, your homeboys, and they couldn't cure him. See, there was a need that Jesus' disciples couldn't meet. It was beyond their resources, whether humanly or spiritually. Now, previous to, previously to this, Jesus had already given the disciples authority. Somebody say authority. Jesus gave the, the, uh, the apostles authority to heal the sick and cast out demons in his name. And they went on preaching in, in Jesus' Jesus's message that the kingdom of God was at hand. They healed, they delivered, they set people free, and all everything that Jesus told them to do, they were going, they were going to do. But now they have been struck with a need that was obviously too great for them. This young man, so violently afflicted with a devil that tormented him and the disciples, no matter what they attempted, they were unable to deal with the situation. There was an unmet need. Now, let's not be too quick to criticize the, the disciples for their inability here. Haven't any of us right now during these times, have you ever been in a place in your life where you've been praying hard for a friend and you're at a, a, a prayer meeting and you've been praying for him and, and, and you've been fasting for him and then you go out to go see him because you've been praying and fasting and then when you meet up with them, they're worse. Come on, you guys. There's some people that have been praying and fasting and, and during this, this time, the situation, people getting sick. You praying fast, you praying fast. Then when you go and see people, you see that, man, they're getting worse. Maybe my prayers ain't happening. The sickness remains. The situation is unchanged. The person is unaffected. They're unsaved, unchallenged. The need, the need is unmet. What are we to do? Jesus came down from the mountain where he and his closest associates had been in the presence of God to be faced with an unmet need. They came down from the presence of God where anything and everything is perfect and the possibilities are unlimited. But back down to the grim realities of life. You can leave from out of the church. You can leave from out of your prayer closet with the presence of God, but then you go back to reality and there's still an unmet need. My God. There's been a time that you would just, like today, there's like we, we, we had God just really moving in here. But when you, you leave out of here and you see that person or you, you get a phone call or how that person is and you, just, you were just in the presence of God and then all of a sudden your spiritual, the spiritual wind in your sails just fought, falter. Jesus and his associates came down from the mountain to, make, to meet an unmet need. But I do praise God that Jesus is the master of the unmet need. If you're in some situation in your life right now that you don't have any answer for, listen here, my friends, your hope is in Jesus. He is the master of the unmet need. Nothing is too hard for God. So let's look at what he did to meet this need. In Matthew 17, 17, and 18, it says this. Then Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and that child was cured from that very hour. Now, if I, can, if I can take a step to the left real quick, because I want to tell you something about unclean spirits. 
Just, just real quick, let's throw this out there. As you see in Scripture, when you see Jesus, Jesus was looking, Jesus turns, and he, and he rebukes. He literally rebukes the, the, the apostles, and he says, look, he calls them faithless. He calls you a perverse generation. How long am I going to be with you? He says, bring him here to me. And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him, and the child was cured for that very hour. Now, you notice it wasn't hours. It wasn't, it wasn't days. It was at that moment, in that hour, Jesus rebuked him. Listen, it, if you're using and operating in the power of Christ, all you have to do, you have the authority of Christ to get demons out of people. Now listen to me, because this is something that they don't tell you in church. You can't make somebody leave a house that they want to stay in. You know, maybe they don't understand that. Look, some people, they, they hate the torment, but they love the sin. So I can't lay hands on you and go, you, you, no, look, man, just, just get the demon out of me. I want to keep doing what I'm doing, but I don't want the demon. No, the demon's inside of you. Either you want to be set free or you want to be in the pig pen. There is no arguing with Jesus. Even the man that was, that was in the, in the, with the pigs that had legion in him. Jesus didn't sit there and talk about, so what is your name? Uh, how long have you been here? What is your, what is your goal here? And we just, no! Jesus just looked at him and said, what do you want? And the dude said, I, Lord, please. This is what the legion said. Legion said, man, Lord, it is, it, please. It, don't, don't cast us now. I know it's bef before our time. Please. And he says, well, he goes, what do you want me to do? He goes, please, just cast us into the pigs. Jesus said. Just trying to help you guys out. Because you never know when somebody wants to come up here and they'll be coming up here to the altar. And, and they, can, they can scream and cry all they want. Demons can do all that kind of stuff. We've seen it. We've done it. it, it it's, it's like this. Do you want to be free? Yes, I want to be free. Bah. There's no fight. I'm sorry. The exorcist ain't real. <laughs> God, you guys got everybody thinking about the exorcist, especially some of y'all my age. Head turned all around. In a moment of time, Jesus turns the situation around. What seemed impossible has been accomplished. When all resources were expended, Jesus reaches out his hand, and his miracle hand, his supernatural power flows. Don't you guys love it? You got to love it. It's a very wonderful thing, but it starts the disciples' minds to start racing. There is no longer an unmet need, but now they've been left with, guess what? An unanswered question. Matthew 17 and 19 is this. Then, the, then, the, then came the disciples to Jesus apart, you know, like afterwards, and said, um, why could we not cast out the demon? I mean, you gave us the power. They had answered to prayers before. They'd ministered effectively at many different times. They had great success. So what was so different this time? Why could we not cast out the demon, Jesus? Lord, help us. We tried everything we knew. We put water on them. We, we sprinkled them. We rolled them around in the dirt. We tried everything. We started laying hands on them. We slapped them a couple times, pushed them to the ground. We got louder and louder. We started sweating, but nothing would work. Jesus, what went wrong? We are so frustrated. Where did we go wrong? Saints of God, I don't know about you, but I've been right there where those disciples were many times. Come on. How many times have you been to a bedside of a loved one? And you're like, man, 
You've given me the authority to lay hands on the sick, and they shall recover. And everybody around you, because, you know, you're the man of God in the bed, in the room. You lay hands, and are you doing all this, and all of a sudden you hear, Tough. First of all, you can't, <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how to say this. You, <laughs> God has providence. And you need to understand, just because you want something done doesn't mean it's the will of the Lord. I laid at my wife's, my wife's uh, grandmother's bed, her deathbed. There, there was there was nothing. She was she was gone on. She, there was no, she had cancer all in her body and everything. She was a Jehovah's Witness. And I'm sitting here looking at Kai. And, and this is now mind you guys, this is like early in my time with uh before we got into ministry, but I I was like a young man, just ready to just slap oil on anybody. You're like smack in Jesus' name. So we go here. She doesn't believe. She believes in Jesus, but doesn't believe in the, the, the spirit of God. I'm trying to figure out how we're going to do it. But I could hear God say this. Listen, this isn't about natural healing. This is about spiritual healing. For my words are spirit and life. And that's what I need you to do. So we sat there and we began to pray for her and told her about the real gospel of Jesus Christ. And as we shared it with her, she said, I know. And she, she, she acknowledged with her mouth and believed in her heart that Jesus Christ is the Lord and that he has come in spirit and that God is the spirit. She, she, she confessed that with her mouth. And she received her salvation. There are times why as, 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 as saints, we do what we want to do or think we want to do, and, and things just don't happen the way that we want to. We, we, we say, why, Lord, why? Why this unanswered question? The disciples had an unanswered question. Why could we not cast this demon out of him? But this is what Jesus turns around and he gives. You know what he gives? An unexpected reply. Matthew 17 says this, Jesus said, because your faith is too small, I tell you the truth. If your faith is as big as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move. All things, all things will be possible for you. That kind of spirit comes out only if you use Prayer and fasting. Now, just so you understand something, you guys know what the size of a mustard seed is? It's tiny. It's tiny. But before that, God describes our faith as something obviously a lot smaller than a mustard seed. He said, because your faith is too small. You're like, well... Well, I got faith about this big. No, God said, no. You think your faith is this big. He said, because I'm going to tell you the truth. If your faith was the size of a mustard seed, you could move a mountain. So we might need to sit down and think about what our faith really is. Because a lot of times our faith isn't in, in, in what God can do. Our faith is about what we can do. Do you guys hear me with this? That's why God said, no, your faith is too small because the faith that I give you, the faith in me, that faith is so strong that it can move mountains. Let me stop and ask you guys, how many people here, that, that, that are, do you guys, anybody use the NIV? Anybody use the NIV, NIV translation? No? Everybody's safe? Okay, a couple. I, I'm, I'm about to about to hurt you guys real quick. I'm about to hurt y'all. You'll notice if you're looking in, your, in your, the NIV, you can look at it later. 
Notice that verse 21 is missing. The text jumps straight over from verse 20 to 22. And that's, that's just another reason to get you a new King James Bible. But the translators decided to translate from the Greek manuscript that did not have that line in it. The majority of the old Greek manuscripts, however, do have it in there. I believe that it's a serious omission. What's more, once more, if you look at the same story recounted in Mark's gospel, chapter 9, verse 29, it confirms what Jesus said. This kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. This time, the NIV does include the verse, but drops the word fasting. I really believe that the enemy will do anything to keep Christians from fasting. Why do you think he fights us so hard? You guys with me? Can I have you be honest? Why do you think we fight our own selves? The enemy, to stop giving the enemy the credit. We have appetites. I'm just trying to tell you guys right now. You know, it's the beginning of the year, and all of a sudden, you got one of your Puerto Rican friends that is talking about, yeah, man, you know, come to the, come to the house because we're going to have some carne fritas, como fongo, some pasteles. Praise the Lord. Let me read the verse for you guys again, the King James Version. It says this. Jesus says, lads, you only need a little bit of faith of yours, and you can move mountains. Let me encourage you. Don't doubt the power of faith in God for a moment. However, I'm going to let you in on a little tip. This kind of demonic problem does not go out except by prayer and fasting. There are needs that are especially great, obstacles that have a whole lot of different uh, uh, meanings and different dimensions or difficulties about them. Some things require a specific breakthrough in the heavenlies. They are spiritual problems, spiritually discerned, and they require um, um, spiritual, uh, a spiritual power to break them. And Jesus says that there is a way to obtain the spiritual power to break through such needs. And here is the substance of my message today. Prayer and fasting releases spiritual power. When Jesus was led up to the wilderness by the Holy Spirit to be tempted by the devil, he entered into a prolonged season of prayer and fasting, 40 days without bread and water. You know what? Let me, let me go back because something just, just really hit me in the spirit. So I, I want you guys to, to leave with this and, and we'll finish. So many people will preach and, and, and they'll preach the scripture that says that kind of spirit comes out only if you use prayer and fasting. So many of us think that through, through this time, what we, what we think is, is that that demon, we have to fast and pray. So people get together in prayer and they start fasting and do, I, I don't have time to just call a fast and prayer when I know somebody's being tormented. If you look at the scripture, the young boy says that oftentimes he throws himself in the fire and throws himself into the water. Now, get this straight. Your child, let's think about your child. Let's look at Maven. I look at young Maven and Maven be out there. How do you think you feel your loved, your, your son, your only son? Is being tormented and is trying to hurt himself. I need answers now. The pastor's, maybe he's out doing something. I don't know. But I do know one thing, that God has given me power, authority. 
what Jesus was telling us is, he says, this kind of spirit comes out only if you use prayer and fasting. He wasn't talking about the spirit, the unclean spirit. He's talking about the spirit of faith. How do you think you develop your faith? You develop your faith by praying and fasting and listening. Because faith cometh by. And when you're praying, you got to pray and stop talking so that you can listen. And when you listen to what the word says and God's word is spirit and life, he will give you the faith that is at least the size of a mustard seed. That's why Jesus looked at him and said, oh, ye of little faith. Mm. Prayer and fasting releases spiritual power. I said earlier, when Jesus went up to the, to the mount, um, went out into the wilderness, led by the Holy Spirit, when he got the approval, <laughs> when God opened up the heavens and said, this is my son into whom I am well pleased. Yes, we keep looking at Jesus, but we're also seeing a prophetic picture of, of following the obedience of being baptized. Once you're baptized, the the heavens open up over you and you can hear the voice of God saying, this is my son. This is my daughter in whom I am well pleased. And at that moment, at that point, the prophetic picture of the dove coming down upon Christ is showing us that this is us too. And Jesus was led to be tempted. But he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. In Luke chapter 4 and 14, it said, after he returned, listen, after he returned in the power of the Spirit. Now, you guys know that Jesus was continually anointed of God. But there was something that was clearly released in a whole nother dimension through that period of praying and fasting. Otherwise, Luke wouldn't, wouldn't have mentioned it in the way that he, did, he does. Prayer with fasting releases spiritual power. Jesus knew this great value of prayer and fasting. And it seems if we just look at it, we conclude that Jesus had a lifestyle of prayer and fasting. You don't need to be waiting for a church to call prayer and fasting. So let me, let me help you out. Pastor Lionel, he used to do karate. And the reason why he did karate and he goes through everything that he does, he trains himself for what may happen in, ahead. Now, now, don't get me wrong. You don't want to sit down and mess with Pastor Lionel because he's ready. He's already thought about it five times. He's, he's looking at you on how you might come this way and he's going to counteract. Or you come this way and he'll counteract. Or you come that way and counteract. But at no time, because he's always on alert, that he's not going to get caught because he's practiced. He's trained. You guys, you guys following me? So what happens in the spiritual? We can't wait for our loved ones to get sick. We can't wait for us to lay hands on people and, and watch them recover. We need to make, make sure that we are in the mindset of prayer and fasting so that the faith that we need to move mountains is in us during that time. I thank God. Mm. It was no coincidence that we, we've always had prayer ministry, but our prayer ministry during this time, 
got together and got more structured. Structured. I think it was in 2020, 2019. Wasn't a coincidence. Because I just know for myself, if you guys hadn't been praying, if you guys hadn't been fasting, I wouldn't have made it through 2020. The attack on my life, the attack on my ministry, the attack on my manhood, the attack on my fatherhood, the attack on of every calling in my life was soaked and covered with prayer. I didn't I didn't see it happening as it was going, but I did see that because the, the prayers and the faith that was soaking over, over me as your pastor and, and the people of this church, I didn't see it then, but I saw it later because they were ready. Because prayer and fasting releases spiritual power. Two bouts of heart failure. Two strokes. And COVID. In one year. Not to mention that the doctors, we don't talk about this part. Not to mention the fact that my kidney was dying because of a clot in my kidney. They were getting ready to, to remove part of my colon and I would have a colostomy bag. And I was not going to be a candidate for a heart transplant. All in one year. But because people were praying and fasting Spiritual power was released. Faith was released. <laughs> yeah, because the, the prayers of the righteous availeth much power. When we prayed for Pastor uh, John Diaz, when we prayed for, for, past, um, for <laughs> Pastor Fred, uh, Brother Fred, and there's some people in here that maybe your loved ones may have gone on to be with the Lord, whether it's just was a COVID or just sickness. But maybe because you were praying and fasting, maybe you didn't be, have to be the one to go minister to him at the hospital bed. Because God always has a ram in the thicket. You may not see it on this side of glory. Because I'm praying for my son. And I may not ever see or ever hit me ever to minister to him. But I'm going to pray. I'm going to fast for him. And I know that God has a ram in the thicket for him that's going to be an encounter for him. And I may not see it with my own eyes. But I know that one day I will stand before the Lord. And as I look amongst a great cloud of witnesses, I will see my son. I will see all my children. All of them. But this happens. This kind of faith. This kind of faith. This, this kind of power happens through prayer and fasting, saints. Let's make sure that we need to be known as the house of prayer. For all nations. 
Jesus said his disciples would, would not always have the physical presence of the bridegroom speaking of himself. He then said, but they will fast. In the day we have great need of his power in our lives, in our church, in our families, etc. I believe that Jesus mean for us means for us to pray and fast. Saints, do you feel dry? Do you feel dry spiritually? Do you feel powerless against the world and the enemy? Are you in need of renewal in your life? Then we need to continue the practice of prayer and fasting. Amen? Amen. You got to stand to your feet. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. If anybody that's here within the sound of my voice, or maybe you that's not with us virtually, but you're here with us, if you haven't given your life to Christ, now's the time. The Bible says, you know, if you will believe in your heart and confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you shall be saved. Now's that time. So if that's you, you I'm not going to ask you just to raise your hand. I'm going to have you come on up to the altar. We want to pray with you. Praise God. Praise God, sister. Praise God. Praise God. Come on, guys. Give God some praise. Is there anybody else that would join this slide? Just come on down to the altar. Come on down to the altar.